This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. You know, I, I was just thinking about what he was just singing and thinking, man, church is a place where love rules, right? You don't sound real convinced about that, right? You know, one of the things I love about New Life is more than any other place that I go during the week, maybe other than at home with my wife, this is a place where I experience love like I don't anywhere else. That's the way it should be. That's the way it is when love rules. I want to point us to a, a verse in Scripture, and I'll get to some introductory stuff in just a minute, but I want to point us to a verse of Scripture that I think is just great. It's found in Ephesians, and it says this, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. We're going to come back to that phrase in a minute. And live a life of love. Now, two, two phrases in that should just jump out at us. First of all, dearly loved children. Dearly loved children are children who have had the love of God spoken to them in all five love languages. And we'll break that out in just a minute. What that looks like. God doesn't speak to us in just one love language or two, but he does it in all five. And then the second phrase is, he says to us, now I want you to go out and live a life of love. You know what that is? Those are people who now go out and speak love in all five love languages to the people around them. And that's our goal this summer. Our goal is that we would become multidimensional lovers what does that mean? We have five love languages, and here they are up on the screen. The first is words of affirmation. The second is quality time. The third is physical gifts. I was standing with a group of people today and, and said, how many, for how many of you is this, is your, this is your primary love language? And the amazing thing, at church with adults, not too many people want to go, I like gifts. But the truth is, probably close to 20% of the people in our audience this morning, gifts are the way, primary language, through which we give and receive love. We're going to talk about that a little later. Number four, acts of service. And number five is physical touch. And when we learn how to speak love in all of those languages... And when we learn how to receive love well in all of those languages, we become a multidimensional lover of God and a multidimensional lover of those around us. And that's our goal as a church. Can I say to you that one of the greatest prayers that you could pray all throughout this week is that simple prayer. God, would you teach me, would you enable me to learn how to speak love fluently in all five love languages. If we would pray that prayer every day and then get up off of our knees and go out and work at that and, and look for opportunities to do that, it would revolutionize many of our lives. Probably all of us to some degree. So that's what we're headed into. That's what the summer of love is about uh, for those of you who are brand new to New Life, my name is Ron, and I'm part of the teaching team here at New Life, one of the pastors on our staff. And uh, for the next 30 minutes or so, 
I'm going to be speaking to us, and I'm very excited about what I'm going to talk about today, because I'm going to, I'm going to break out this, this love language of physical gifts, and in particular, the phys- how we express love to those around us, giving physical gifts. Last week, Kevin talked to us about the greatest physical gift ever given. It was the gift of God's Son, because He took on flesh so He could leave heaven and come to earth and be an in-the-flesh gift to us. And today we're going to talk about how do we take that language and then begin to give it to people around us. Uh, On the inside of your program, there's a card that looks like this. Let's all take it out. This is one of the great tools. It helps us stay connected with God and, and, and to stay connected with each other. There's lots of Places on there that you can request information, submit a prayer request, get involved in activities. There's a place on the back where you're going to be able to apply what I'm talking about this morning and teaching out of God's Word. But let's start out by filling out the contact information box. If you come here all the time, your name is good. We already have the rest of it. But if you're new to New Life, if you would trust us with your contact information, we, we want to put some tools in your hands. They're basic tools. They don't cost anything. We're not trying to get anything out of you. But we want to put some basic tools in your hands that will help you get and stay connected with God. So uh, at the end of our service, you can put that in the offering basket as it gets passed by. And then the second thing you want to get out is, is this half sheet of fill-in-the-blank notes. Because that will, if you're a note kind of taking kind of person, that will help you remember what we talk about this morning. So let's go straight to God's Word. Does God say anything to us about giving physical gifts to one another? There's lots in the Bible about us giving to God. But what about giving to one another? We're going to start, first of all, with a passage in 1 John chapter 3. Here's what the Apostle John said. He said, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up His life for us. The first thing you and I should see is that the Apostle John is drawing a direct correlation, a direct connection between loving and giving. You know the easy way to remember this? Virtually everyone has heard of John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that, that He... What's the next word? Gave, right? Connects love and giving. This is First John 3.16. And it says, this is how we know what real love is. Jesus gave His life for us. So we also should give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. You know, you may get called upon at some point in your life to die for someone else. That's pretty rare. But there are all kinds of ways you can give up your life for those around you. And one of the ways is through physical gifts. Notice how he illustrates it. He says, for instance, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion. I put there in brackets, doesn't give them a gift. That's really what he's saying. How can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love one another. Let's show the love... the. Let's show the truth by what? Our actions. And one of the greatest actions that you and I can take in the context of loving other people is learning how to give gifts to them. 
You know why? Let's take a look. Well, let me look at one other passage, and then I'm going to give you the sermon in a sentence. The second passage is found in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah says, generous people plan to do what is generous. And I love how he finishes the verse. And they stand firm in their generosity. When was the last time you met someone who said, I stand firm in my generosity. No one can shake me from this. We normally think of that in terms of convictions and... and, and, uh, No. God says, I mean, yes, there's a place for that. But wouldn't it be great if the people of God were so dedicated to being generous and so devoted to giving gifts to other people that we could say of the church and we could say of all of us that, that I'll tell you one thing about that church, they stand firm in their generosity. That was a resounding amen. Did you hear it? <laughs> there, is there a challenge in that for us? Yeah, huge challenge in that. If you forget everything else that I say or that I read from God's Word this morning, I want you to remember this statement because it is the sermon in a nutshell. Here it is. Lovers give gifts. That's just it. If you love God, you're going to give gifts to God. If you love people around you, you will find ways to give to people around you. A couple of weeks ago, I did a wedding. And... and um, the, the bride was a Sonoma State University student who came here throughout her Sonoma State years. The groom, however, was from Australia. And I had never met the groom until the week before the wedding. And he, well, two weeks, he flew over from Australia because I told him, I will not marry you unless I can do some premarital counseling. So he flew over a couple of weeks early so I could sit down with him and go through some premarital counseling. And in the process, I got to know him and we had a great time together. And, and I was able to write out a wedding ceremony that was just tailored to them. It was about what God wanted to do in their lives. And they were both Christians. And it was just a fun experience. But I had never met the groom's family. And as I learned at the rehearsal, the groom's family and the bride's family had never met. And, and my first clue was... When the groom's family walked into the room where the wedding rehearsal was supposed to take place, the groom's mother walked up to me and said, you must be Caitlin's dad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Caitlin's a great girl, and, but this is actually her father over here, right? So, you know, this was a room of strangers. And, and, and the groom's father and mother from Australia, they didn't know, they didn't know me. They didn't know what kind of a pastor I was. They didn't know if I loved or cared about their son. They only knew that I had been chosen to to officiate. So the next day came and, you know, we hauled out the, the wedding ceremony and it was written about their lives and what was important to them and what was God, God was doing in their lives. And when the wedding ceremony was all over, the father of the groom came to me. I, I'm not exaggerating. You could see the tear stains that the tracks of his tears on his cheek. He put his arms around me and he goes, how can I ever thank you? I never knew you could love my son like you did. He said, what's your fee? I want to pay you right now. 
And I said, you know, it's so generous of you, but you know, I'm pretty sure that they've already got that worked in. No, no, no. I'm going to pay you right now. I have U.S. dollars. <laughs> right? And I said, yeah, that's so kind of you. Um, but, you know, I really don't want to get paid twice. And, no, 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 I want to pay you now. And about that time, uh, one of the other family members walked up and they said, oh, by the way, here's the marriage license and the envelope for you is on the inside. And, and so then, but that wasn't enough for him. He turned to me and he said, have you ever been to Australia before? I said, no. I said, please come. Please stay in our home. So we have a boat. I would love to take you out on the harbor in Sydney so you could see the opera house and the city lights from the harbor. You know something? People who love give gifts. That's just how God wired us. And when we really love someone and we really want to demonstrate to them that we care about them, we find some tangible way to express that to them. Now that's the gift I want to break out for us this morning. Because if we're going to be fluent in how we speak this language of love, then we're going to have to understand how the language of physical gifts work. Because I'll guarantee you, there's some things about this language that, 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 that are sort of counterintuitive. And so, for the next ten minutes or so, let's break out how this language of physical gifts work. Okay? The key question is, how can I best communicate love to others through the language of physical gifts? The first principle you have to know in terms of how the, the language of physical gifts works is this. The gift has to be tangible. Okay? It has to be something you hold in your hand. This is not an ethereal thing. This is not something where you use your imagination. This isn't, I know that people say it's the thought that count, it counts. It's not the gift. That's a bunch of baloney. Yes, that's as strong as I'll say it here, okay? <laughs> that's just not true. When we give, so you know why? Baseball glove, right? Probably couldn't get a dollar for it at the Goodwill. It was my dad's. Okay, it says right here, it says, Genuine Professional Model, November 21st, 1922. It's sneaking up on a hundred years old. He gave it to me. He said, Ron, you love athletics. And he said, I know you'll treasure this. This is the ball glove I played with throughout high school. I played league ball after I graduated from high school. It's, it's the glove I played with. And he said, I know you'll take care of it. I took this glove from Iowa to Oregon, from Oregon to Hawaii, from Hawaii here. I knew right where it was in my house. 
I walked right to the spot. I picked it up and I brought it. You know why? I want you to remember this phrase. This is a physical symbol of my Father's love for me and I can hold it in my hand. Every time I see it, I think of Him. I could go through my house and just go item by item. Many things in my home have been given to me by people. If you go to the studio where my wife teaches piano, hanging on the wall is a giant Samoan war club that if you got hit with it, it would take you out. Right? Weighs about 40 pounds. I mean, it's a piece of wood. It's hard as a rock. But it was given to me by a Samoan family in Hawaii before we left. Okay? It's a physical symbol of their love. I want to challenge us all. Let's learn how to give physical symbols of our love. It's amazing what they do in the lives of people. God hardwired us. Now think about this. For some of us in this audience, every, every one of us speaks this language a little bit, but for some of us in this audience, that's our primary love gift. That's our primary love language. That's how we hear love. I could tell you the stories of marriages that have been revolutionized because one of the parties in the family, one of, either the husband or the wife, did not know that their spouse's primary love language was physical gifts, and they almost never brought them a gift. But when they discovered it, and they started bringing home these little weekly gifts, it revolutionized their marriage. Why? Because they were finally speaking the primary love language of their spouse. That's all it took. The second thing that you and I need to know about how this love language works is this. Not only must the gift be tangible, we're ready for the next screen, but the gift also must be given. If it's given at a time other than a special occasion, it carries a a message of purer love. I think it's great when you give your husband or your wife a gift on Valentine's Day. I learned that one the hard way. (laughs) I grew up in a home where special occasions, my dad and mom's philosophy was, we don't celebrate Mother's Day, we don't celebrate Father's Day, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day, because we are actually nice to each other all year long. I bought into that. Unfortunately, I married a lady who hadn't been raised with that philosophy. (laughs) I got a rude awakening that first Valentine's Day when she came with a beautiful present and I had nada. Nothing. And she cried. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay, so listen. Special occasions give gifts. But I want to tell you something That when you come home or you go to a friend of yours and you say, I was on vacation, I saw this, and I just couldn't help but think of you. And I bought it for you. Man, that says 
You know why? It's the difference between what's expected and what's unexpected. And when you give a gift when it's not expected, it carries a bigger punch. Just want you to know that. That's how the language of physical gifts work. So guys, if you're married to somebody, or ladies, if you're married to a guy, and the primary love language is physical gifts, don't just save up your money and buy a great big present on on Christmas. They'd rather have 25 little presents than one big one. Got it? Yeah, got it? Yeah, that's how it works, all right? Let's look at the third principle. The third principle of how it works is the monetary value of a gift will matter little unless it is out of line with what we can afford. There are two wonderful stories in the Bible about two women who wanted to express their love to God. And the first is the story of a lady who had all kinds of money. And the reason why we know she had all kinds of money is because she came into the house where Jesus was one day and she knelt down and she broke an alabaster jar. First of all, alabaster is expensive. She broke this alabaster container and she poured over his feet. Listen, in today's dollars, at minimum wage, $22,000 worth of perfume. I'm guessing she probably had more of the same maybe at home. Wealthy, wealthy woman. $22,000 she poured out on Jesus' feet. It was a gift of extravagance. But you know something? This was a lady whose life had been touched to her core by Jesus. And I'm sure she sat in her house that day and she said, what can I give to this, to this Savior who has saved my life? And she probably looked around and the most expensive thing she saw in her bedroom was that alabaster. I, I don't know why she bought that to begin with. I do know this. People don't buy $22,000 jars of perfume perfume for nothing, right? She probably bought that for a special occasion of some sort. But she was moved to bring it to Jesus. But the same books that tell us that story tell us about another lady. Jesus was at the temple one day, and he happened to be standing by the treasury And a woman came in and she dropped in two pennies. Just two. Why two? So she had. When she stood in her bedroom and she looked around, she said, What's the most expensive thing I could give to God? I want to give Him the best I got. And that's all she had. $22,000. Two cents. And they both conveyed the exact same message. Lovers Give gifts.
Now, if the lady with the $22,000 perfume had come to Jesus with two pennies, it might not have conveyed very much, correct? Yeah. I just want to share with us, oftentimes, it's not the exact dollar amount that makes a difference. What makes a difference is the depth of the thought that goes into the gift and then the frequency, and that's principle number four, the frequency. Take a look at this. I think we have one more. there. Let's go back a couple of screens and pick up the frequency of the gift. Apparently we don't have that on there. Do you have it on your notes? Something about the frequency of the gift? Let me, let me read it to you and I'll fill in the blank correctly. Okay? The frequency of the gift conveys the depth of our love. Let me show you how that works. Okay? When someone's primary love language is gifts, then gifts are the fuel for their spirit. It's what, it's what revs them up. It's what amps them up. It's what makes their motor run. Okay? And so I remember hearing a, a, a guy teach about this one time, and he said, you know, if you're married to someone whose primary love language is gifts, and you want to know how often do you give them a gift, I would just say to you, how often do you want their love tank full? Because when you give them a gift, it just fills up the tank. So if you're married to someone like this, or if you have a friend like this, and believe me, about 20% of us fit into this category, then, you know, if you're married to them, Find a way to give them a gift every week. Doesn't have to be jewelry every week. Okay? Might have to get a different job if you did that. Doesn't have to be jewelry every week. But just, and it can't be the same thing. Oh, good. Three more dandelions this week. How would I know? Okay? Because the thing about people whose primary love language is gift is they, they, don't, they don't like the same gift all the time. Okay. True story. One of the guys, one of the guys in our church shared this story with me because his wife's primary love language was gifts. And they went through a period of time where he was making Boku bucks and so forth, and he just thought it was wonderful. So every week on the way home from work on Friday, he would stop and pick up a big bouquet of flowers for his wife. And then they went through some hard times and, and so forth, and he was unemployed for three years. And in the process of three years, he stopped that. And then, times got good again, and he didn't pick it up. Until one day, his wife said to me, You know, you used to bring me flowers every week. Do you know how long it's been since you brought me flowers? You know, she was speaking loud and clear that I don't care how many times you tell me you love me. I don't care how many times we go on a date. I don't care how many times we sit under the stars in the hot tub or wherever we are. I need some flowers. That fills my love tank. 
I want to walk us quickly through some application points. I'm just going to pause briefly on each one because they're all really powerful, okay? And some of them are going to need some some, um, some explanation. So here we go. Find out the love language of your family members and closest friends. That needs no explanation, right? You know how you do that? Ask, okay? Got it. Number two, go on a dollar date, dollar store date. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah, how can that work? I tell you this, I owe this to one of my family members, which I'll leave nameless this morning. But she and her husband were going through a tough time, and they had little or no money, and they decided to go on a dollar store date. So they, they, they put together $10, and they gave each other $5. And they went to the dollar store, and their, their, their uh, assignment was to go buy five gifts for their mate. So they went through the dollar store thinking, what would my husband or my wife like? And the great thing was when they got done, then they gave each other those five gifts and they explained why they bought that gift. That's pretty cool, don't you think? Anybody can do that. Go on a dollar store date. Okay? It's a great way, great family thing. Okay, next. Commit to cherish each gift. I don't care if it came from the dollar store. And, and you know, it's hobgobs or something of that nature. Who cares? Cherish each gift. It's a physical symbol of somebody's love. Here's a way that those are crawl steps. Here's some walk steps. Make a list of five gift ideas for each family member or friend who speaks physical gifts. By the way, don't just make the list. You got it? Do something about that, all right? Number two, if your spouse speaks physical gifts, plan two gifts each month month for the next year. That's a good way to begin. They'll get at least two every month. Number three, sponsor and... FFHM, that's Foundation for His Ministry, that's the orphanage that we, that we work at and support down in Mexico. Sponsor an orphan, you can call the office, we'll get you hooked up with that on how that works. Let's talk about some run things. Plan an extravagant gift experience. Now don't do this for somebody else's wife. <laughs> Got it? It's somebody you're close to. Somebody you really care about, plan, and that's the $22,000. Okay, maybe not that much, but that's the idea, an extravagant gift. Number two, find a way to give a gift to someone you struggle to love. That would be awesome for you. Sometimes I think God gave His Son for us because He loved us so much. And sometimes I think God gave His Son for us because he wanted to love us. I want you to think about that for a minute. Number three. When a person says they like something you have, give it to them. Wow. That's something to chew on, isn't it? Yeah, because that could get costly. But that's a great thing to think about. You like this? Remember the Sunday, some of you who were here a long time ago, when Kevin challenged all of us to leave our shoes up here? I read a story not long after that about a lady who got one of those pairs of shoes. And it was a huge thing in her life. Okay? I want to pray for us, and then we'll have Kevin come out. Father, thank you so much for speaking to us through your Son. Thank you so much for loving us through the gift of, of physical gifts. And thank you for challenging us so that we could give to people physical symbols of our love and so that what we give to them is in keeping with who we are and the resources you've blessed us with. And Father, thank you so much for the story of those two ladies and how we get challenged by them. 
And Lord, would you help us in this week to take steps forward that we could become multidimensional lovers. Father, I pray for us. I pray that every one of us, myself included, that you would enable us to speak the five languages of love fluently, fluently to you, fluently to each other, and that we would learn to receive love in all five languages just as fluently as we speak it. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.